Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. I guess yesterday was kind of bad. Like we had the second biggest banking failure in U.S. history happen at four in the morning with the U.S. government seizing it and then selling it off to J.P. Morgan, but giving J.P. Morgan the money to buy it. Talk about crooked. But this morning I have good news and I imagine you can actually just be very happy. Late night shows to shut down immediately after Writers Guild strike called. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Colbert, Kimmel, Fallon, and uh, Myers. That's his name, right? No more. No more. They're gone, at least for the time being. He says a writer's strike happening. So we're going to go ahead and, and shut down all of these just absolutely awful shows. And ladies and gentlemen, we're not done. We're not done. Vice Media prepares to file for bankruptcy. Get woke. Go broke. Man, what a morning. Okay, well, let's start with the immediate simpler news, which is the, na- the late night shows of propaganda, corporate narrative garbage being shut down and these gentlemen getting a long vacation. Deadline reports nightly talk shows, including the late show with Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel Live, the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon are set to go. Oh, notice they don't mention Seth, Seth Meyers until later. Set to go dark on Tuesday after writers agreed to strike late night with Seth Meyers and The Daily Show which had correspondent Dolce Sloan host this week, will also be hit. While such weekly shows as Saturday Night Live, Real Time with Bill Maher, and Last Week Tonight will be similarly impacted, though final decisions on those shows are expected to come later in the week. Isn't this absolutely hilarious? Real Time with Bill Maher, Last Week Tonight? I thought these were political shows that address news topics. Bill, come on, man. You can't do a show without writers? What? We do a nightly show all the time. We're fortunate enough to have Seamus Coglin back on the show, and he just makes things up. He just makes the jokes up right there. Maybe, maybe Seamus should be uh, striking as well because he's funny. Uh, the Late Show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Tonight Show, The Late Show, blah, 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 blah. They're going to pivot to reruns. And then they go on to mention all the people who are going to be on. The only thing I really care about in terms of who's not coming on is they're going to have the Smashing Pumpkins, and that's pretty based because Billy Corgan's legit. 
And he was going to he was going to be on what show? Which show was he going to be on? He's going to be on Kimmel. That would have been great. That would have been great to see the Smashing Pumpkins. Seth Meyers speaking on late night this afternoon said, I love writing. I love writing for TV, blah, blah, blah. No one is entitled to a job in show business. But for those who do have a job, they're entitled to fair compensation. They're entitled to make a living. OK, tell me why it is they're striking, because, you know, I'm, I'm curious. The Writers Guild of America is on strike. Quote, though we negotiated intent on making a fair deal, and though your strike vote gave us the leverage to make some gains, the studio's responses to our proposals have been wholly insufficient. Given the existential crisis writers are facing, the WGA said in a message, we must now exert the maximum leverage possible to get a fair contract by withholding our labor. The guild leadership added, members of the negotiating committee, board and council will be out with you on the picket lines. News of the strike, which takes effect in a few hours, came late Monday after the guild's negotiations with the AMPTP failed to reach an agreement on a new film and scripted TV contract. It's the WGA's first strike since the 100-day walkout of 2007-2008. Less than an hour after talks to the studios ended, and over three hours before their current contract officially expires, the Guild also made a public announcement of the labor action. Following the unanimous recommendation of the WGA negotiating committee, the board of directors, blah, 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 acting upon the authority, granted, blah, 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 we're going on strike. The decision was made following six weeks of negotiations with Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, Discovery, Warner, NBC Universal, Paramount, and Sony, under the umbrella of the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. The WGA negotiating committee began this process intent on making a fair deal, but the studio's responses have been wholly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, if you like inane and seemingly random, esoteric TimCast-based comedy, you can always go to TimCast.com, subscribe, and watch Cast Castle, which is just silly nonsense that we just do. And, uh, you know, maybe we just need to hire one of these out of work writers who's like, man, I just want to I want to be able to keep writing. And then, you know, we'll we'll ramp up the production here. The company's behavior has created a gig economy inside a union workforce and their immovable stance in this negotiation has betrayed a commitment to further devaluing the profession of writing from their refusal to guarantee any level of weekly employment in episodic television, to the creation of a day rate in comedy variety, to their stonewalling of free work for screenwriters and on AI for all writers, they have closed, interesting, AI, they have closed the door on their labor force and opened the door to writing as an entirely freelance profession. No such deal could ever be contemplated by this membership. I have a a suggestion, artificial intelligence. Replace all of these workers with an automated process and then see how quick they are to say, please don't, please, please, I'll quit. I'll quit the union. You know, I don't like unions at all. I like collective bargaining. I like people having the right to collectively bargain. The issue I take with unions is that they strip power away from the worker. Now, don't get me wrong. If anybody, you know, here or whatever wanted to unionize, I literally don't care. I'm saying I personally have never wanted to be part of a union because they strip away from you your agency and your ability to move in the company. It's just a really bad idea. Unless, of course, you're just intent on doing the bare minimum. Then, sure, I guess, have someone else argue on your behalf. Well, now you're out of work. So good luck. As well as declaring a strike status tonight. The Guild have said when they're, uh, when the, where their first picketing will take place with locations such as Netflix's Hollywood office, CBS TV City near the Grove and other usual suspects of Disney Universal. More and more 
The initial pickets in LA will go up at 1 p.m. Pacific time. I just don't like any of it. I don't like the idea of like, you know, don't cross the picket line. And it's like, dude, you and your negotiations with your employer, I just, I'm not here for this. Okay, quit. I just think this is dumb. Quit your job. It's weird to me. You know, here's what I see. Back in the day, you had a factory. Work conditions sucked. Hours sucked. Pay sucked. And so all the workers walk out. And then the the employer is like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? My business can't operate with all of my workers walking out. And so they say, okay, let's negotiate. What do I got to do to get you back? It was an organic gesture of individuals who were all just saying, we quit. Effectively, we're on strike. We're not going to work. We're not going to support you. We're out. By all means, the time, you just bring in somebody else. Good luck. Good luck replacing your entire workforce. Today, you have these unions, which are more, just in my opinion, mostly corrupt. And what they do is they tell you what you're going to do. You got a new boss, ladies and gentlemen. Now they argue, oh, but they're fighting on your behalf. I don't buy it. Some are probably. But my experience having been in unions has always just been some corrupt fat cat at the top deciding for me and then me being put out of work. And I'm, you know, look, they argue, oh, but you've benefited so much from union contracts. No, I've benefited from collective bargaining. I've, I've benefited from individuals saying we are going to quit unless you give us these things. Now, strikes help facilitate that. Unions help facilitate that. But in these, in these days, you don't even know typically what your union is doing. You find out one day, like, hey, what's going on? We're going on strike? It's like, yep, because they decided for you. And you're like, but, I, but I, I, I'm working on like the biggest show of my life. Like, we're writing this huge show. I'm really excited. Sorry. GTFO. But you know, look, man, do your thing. I don't care. By all means, uh, do your thing, form your union, join your unions, and good luck because I'm, I'm happy to see it. The net positive for all of us is the ideology of these individuals is resulting in these awful men being taken off the air. Let the reruns air. And uh, oh boy, I just got to say, you know, I don't know who's actually watching those shows, but uh, with late night TV being shut down and Tucker Carlson uh, off the air, oh boy, we got a chance. Tim Cast IRL, your new late night TV show, I mean, it's 8 p.m., it's prime time, but uh, tune in to TimCast IRL. If you can't watch Colbert, tell all your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, and be like, well, you know, they're shutting that down. You should watch the show that I watch. It's really great. Seamus is very funny. He's a funny guy. You know, he's here being being funny, and you can watch that show, TimCast IRL. Maybe this will wake him up to what's going on in the world. And we got more good news. Vice Media prepares to file for bankruptcy. Now, this one's a bit more of a complicated story. I wanted to give you the immediate breaking news about the writer's strike because um, seeing these awful corporate narrative machines shutting down, ABC News uh, uh, getting rid of Nate Silver, BuzzFeed News shutting down, Vice is shutting down. Wow. Winning. Here we go. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a 
over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Vice Media prepares to file for bankruptcy. The move would mark a fall from grace for once hot media startup. Or was it just one big pump and dump? That's what people used to call it. They used to call it a pump and dump. That the idea was being pushed forward in the press that Vice was huge when it actually wasn't. That they were puffing the numbers. I don't know. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying a lot of people were claiming that. Here we go. And, uh, and I worked there briefly. Vice Media is preparing to file for bankruptcy as soon as within the next several days. Whoa, several days. I didn't realize that. Be familiar with the matter said. A move that would make a major fall from grace for a once hot media startup that was valued at $5.7 billion at its peak. Vice, whose assets include Vice News. Ah, Vice News. You know, I started Vice News. Vice TV, Refinery29, and Motherboard has struggled for years to find growth. The company has been looking to sell itself, but a deal hasn't materialized. The Wall Street Journal previously reported its chief executive, Nancy Dubik, departed earlier this year. And last week, the company announced it would be restructuring its news division, ending its Vice World News Tonight show and shutting down the Vice World News brand. Let me tell you about, um, I guess we can call it personal vindication. Vice had no intention of making a news channel. Never did. Shane Smith was speaking at the Knight Foundation Awards and was asked, why did you start doing news? And he said that, you know, Vice was sex, drugs and rock and roll. He told the story about how he was sitting in a car and there were just too many cars on the street. Nobody was moving. I think he was in China. And he's and he got out and he looks around and he's like, it's insane that these auto manufacturers are saying we need to make more cars when we can't even move as it is. And uh, that got him interested in worldly affairs. But he says it wasn't until Tim Poole, who's sitting right over there and he points to me at the Knight Knight Foundation Awards, uh, came in that we decided to actually do boots on the ground field reporting. Now, I went to this man. I went to these people and I told them exactly what you need to do. And they did not listen. They didn't. The long story short of it is I came in and said, here's what we need to do to make this work. I need ABC one, two, three. They didn't give me those things. They gave me some of them hobbling my capabilities and then hiring a bunch of people around me and then having me do my thing while not expanding upon what was actually working. You want to know what I told them? I told them a couple things. First, live stream technology, easy to do. We did some really amazing live coverage. We were on the ground in Ukraine. We did some live streams. We were on the ground in Brazil. We were in Turkey. The Turkey Gezi Park live streams were massive for the company. They were getting some of the biggest viewership they'd ever gotten. Everybody was saying that at the office on the TVs, they were showing the live viewer count. And they were like, this is nuts. It's amazing. The viewership that Tim Pool's field reporting with the mobile app was generating. And I told them this works. Let's do more of this. But I said, what's happening right now is that social media is personalizing the news experience. And what you need to do, listen to me on this one, Vice, you need to get a crew to go to your reporters, set up individual channels, just like their Twitter accounts, and have them vlog on these stories. It'll take 10 seconds. 
I mean, been hyperbolic. It'll take five minutes to sit down, put the camera up and have them just be like, here's what we're currently looking at. The research is showing us that right now in Egypt, we are watching us, blah, blah, blah. Then you figure out who's hitting the mark. Make a show. Make these individuals tell their stories and do news in a variety of ways. And they were like, sure, fine, whatever, and didn't do it. Instead, they opted for high production cost, field reporting, documentary style stuff, which had almost nothing to do with what I did in terms of the evolution of social media news reporting. And now here we are. It's all falling apart. You know, and good for them. Their, their, their mentality was they were going to go for the big corporate deals from cable networks, despite the fact that cable networks were dying. Sure. Good luck, guys. I see how that worked out for you. I told them outright, do what I'm doing right now. And they were just like, meh. Imagine where we would be right now if Vice said, Tim, we're going to pay you a bunch of money. We're going to give you your own budget and you will have free reign. The other big component, of course, was getting woke and going broke. I talked to a former high ranking employee, uh, one of the OGs, who told me that um, they had faced a bunch of sexual harassment lawsuits. And the investors came in and said, the only way to get through this is to be feminists. You have to embrace feminism as a deflection for the sexual harassment claims. And they said, OK. So that's what they did. They got woke and now they went broke because they appealed to no one. To Are they trying to appeal to the generic, uninformed, ignorant, corporatist NPC person? Well, these people aren't going to go to your website. They're just getting generic news from MSNBC. You want a core audience, right? Well, what are you offering? Think about this. Vice started out offering up sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And a lot of people say that when Gavin McInnes left the company, it all went downhill. I disagree. There were a lot of great things that uh, Gavin McInnes did for the brand. That has has nothing to do with where Gavin McInnes went or is. I'm saying back in the day, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, Gavin McInnes made something punchy. And Shane did the marketing and the business. And... uh, where we are, uh, where, where we went after that. Shane did some good business deals and he had a great show. It was the Vice documentaries that they had on YouTube. This is the, this is this, this is the story as I understand it. And uh, maybe I'm an expert. Here's what I saw. Vice made several documentaries like uh, Scopolamine. That was a great, a great example of one. And uh, going to North Korea. They put them on YouTube because they were, they were uh, punk rock. They didn't have access to these big networks. On with YouTube, concerned about Netflix competing with them, propped up YouTube uh, uh, Vice videos, and they said, "This is the kind of stuff we need to compete with Netflix." These videos of like Charlie bit my finger aren't going to carry us, carry us forward. This is my perception based on the fact uh, having talked to Google uh, high-ranking Google members at YouTube and Google News, who told me their biggest concern back in 2012, this was 2012, was that Netflix was was competing with them and they needed to produce content. They said, our biggest competition is Netflix. People are going to Netflix from YouTube. We're losing viewers. We need premium content. Vice offered that. Inadvertently, I suppose. Vice was a brand that was producing on YouTube because they couldn't go anywhere else. These documentaries were valuable for YouTube. And so everyone started watching, but they were really good. It was, it was fun to watch. I remember laying down on the couch, laptop open, watching Vice documentaries. And I said, I want to go work there. 
That's what makes Vice, the Vice show, eventually they sell it to HBO. And it was funny because the success of the show, I think, was due to YouTube propping it up, not that the show was actually good, but it got views because YouTube decided it would. It had a big platform. HBO buys the show. My, what I was told by employees was that when it came time for the second season, HBO didn't want to renew it. They didn't think it was valuable. These four guys going on weird adventures, boring. And so what I was told, which could be wrong, mind you, because it's just scuttlebutt in the company, was that the CEO publicly announced they had been renewed without the approval of HBO to force their hand. HBO then came back and said, fine, if we're doing this, you are going to change the show, make it a news magazine and bring in a diverse cast of individuals. So no more original cast members for the most part. And that was the beginning, the beginning of the end, I suppose, with I guess I guess this is what happens when you lose someone like Gavin McInnes. Shane decides he's going to follow whatever the path is that generates revenue. And so politics be damned. Whatever they say goes. Interview Joe Biden. Sure, it's popular. I'll make money. But it wasn't actually popular. He was chasing after algorithms he didn't understand and working deals that made no sense, trying to get a cable TV channel that never made sense. And they said it was guaranteed money on the books to get a cable news deal. Fine, I guess. Fat load of good that did you? Maybe it propped up the company for a few years, but I tell you, man, get woke, go broke. Vice could have stayed the edgy punk rock channel, slowly grown, taking over more and more space, and they'd be making a ton of money. They'd launch a membership platform based on their uh, personalities, and they'd be very well off. It's funny. Timcast is growing. We're very successful. And Vice had every opportunity to work with me on this path forward to success. And don't get me wrong, Vice generated way more revenue than we ever have. But I'm, you know, we're a small company. When I started working there, Shane was, you know, in his 40s and I was in my 20s. And now he's in his 50s and I'm in my 30s. So I think in the next 10 years or so, the Timcast corporate empire may actually become something substantial. And we're not going to falter because we believe in meritocracy. So what do we have right now? Cast Brew Coffee. Go to castbrew.com. That's out and available for purchase. I just, I'm, have, I'm enjoying a nice uh, cup of a Rise with Roberto Jr. right now. Freedomistan is set to launch. We've got many interested pro skaters. I'm very excited for this. The Cast Brew Cafe is currently being put together under construction. The Social Club is currently launching. We've got a whole bunch of stuff in the works to expand the physical world into products, into media new shows like the Ferdamistan show, and we're just going to keep expanding because we got something that makes sense and that works. Vice was riding that wave. And you know what? YouTube may kick us in, in the butt, but we've diversified for this, for this reason, with website memberships and alternative plans in the event that YouTube does try to kick us off the air. Vice, they decided to chase the corporate bucks that meant getting woke. So in the end, it all fizzles because they have no core audience. They have no one who actually cares about the brand. What do they offer? If Vice came out right now and said, sign up and become a member at Vice, support our work, who would do it? Nobody cares. You sacrificed your core fan base for corporate cash, and now you have nothing. A sad fall from grace for um, Shane Smith. I wonder what his net worth currently is. They said he was a billionaire before. And this kind of this is crazy to me. He was a billionaire because he owned 20% of Vice, 
when Vice was worth $5.7 billion, when Vice is now basically bankrupt, I can't imagine it's worth anywhere near that, his net worth must be substantially less. But to be fair, owning 20% of Vice, Vice still does have a lot of assets. I mean, they got cameras, they got properties and stuff. So the dude's still very, very, very wealthy. Net worth probably in the mid to high tens of millions, perhaps. But from a billion dollars, perhaps it was just paper money. It was just paper value. And now it's gone. I don't know if he cares, though. I got to be honest. You think Shane Smith cares? He's worth tens of millions of dollars. He's liquidated tons of that wealth. He's bought massive properties. The dude is going to be rich for the rest of his life. So he, he might be thinking, yeah, whatever. But you know what I think? I think he probably does care because I think he's a guy who cares about legacy. And his legacy is now gutter garbage. Maybe not, though. Maybe he only ever cared about making money. And he did. So good for him. Congratulations, man. I got no beef. I think he's a smart guy. Me, I think having an impact to make the world a better place matters. And that in the future, people will look back on the work you did and say, you helped make this thing good to the best of your abilities. Goodbye to a bad problem. We'll see how long the writer strike goes on for, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Try as they might, they just can't win this one. Not only are Bud Light sales down 26%, they launched a new country-themed commercial, and it backfired. And they deactivated comments because you are not getting out of this one, Bud Light. We have had enough. And I'm sorry, but you are the easiest brand to boycott. You know, if I'm going to have a beer, I'll drink whatever beer. Doesn't have to be Bud Light. The brand loyalty for a product so simple is non-existent. And I'll tell you what, I've been hearing more about this for, as the story continues now over a month that uh, there's been a Bud Light boycott. One of the most effective boycotts we've ever seen. I'm hearing people talk about how at bars, it's not even political. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. There are people chatting to us, sending us messages saying that at their local bar, the attitude of many of the guys who are ordering drinks is more so they don't want to look effeminate. That's right. 35-year-old working class guy who doesn't care about politics just doesn't want to be seen as effeminate. Bud Light, that's what you've done. That's who you are. Congratulations. And it's all you'll ever be. So these commercials y'all are launching where it's like country beer <laughs> ain't going to work. Because the only thing people think now when they look at the Bud Light is that if you, and I'm not saying this to be mean, I'm saying this is actually what people think. If you drink Bud Light, you are a homosexual. 
I'm not saying to insult people who are gay. I got no beef. I'm saying regular middle class guys don't want people to think that about them for whatever reason. So they're not going to drink your beer. In fact, they're probably going to start drinking some darker, heavier beers because they don't want to be seen as weak and effeminate. And it's the funniest thing. Like, I don't care what alcohol you drink. I don't care what you enjoy drinking. They're always like, fruity drinks are for women. I like fruit drinks. I don't care what you think about me when I'm enjoying a drink. Went to, uh, we're at the MGM, National Harbor. I mentioned this uh, hanging on the weekend. I ordered a lemon drop. Yeah, I don't, I don't usually drink alcohol, but, you know, I had some drinks this past weekend because I'm not like a, totally against ever having alcohol. It's just not good for you. Lemon drop. I'm not going to order me an old fashioned. I don't need to order some sour, bitter drink so that I appear manly to anyone. But that's the point. To a lot of people, that matters. They want to fit in. That's everything. And Bud Light has made it so that you don't fit in if you drink their product. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? Well, we got big news. Bud Light deactivates comments on latest country themed ad. Oh, it's so pathetic. Take a look at this. Bud Light sales continue to plummet. So the latest news is that in the past week, Bud Light sales were down 26%. Ooh, man, that is a kick in the balls. They were once the biggest dog in the park. The week before sales dropped, whoa, in the week ending April 22nd, the brand's in-store sales plummeted more than 26%. The week before, it was 21%. The week before, it was 11%. They say it's still the best-selling beer in America, but what we're seeing now is that Coors Light and Miller Light skyrocketing up 20%. Take a look at this one. They tried putting out a commercial to try and win people over. It ain't going to work. Bud Light appears to be fed up with the backlash after the company disabled YouTube comments and a new countrified ad in the wake of an ongoing controversy over its partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. Bud Light's newest advertisement shows a young group of friends drinking beer in the rain at a country music festival as Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band plays in the background. Rain or shine, it's always easy to enjoy a Bud Light. The caption of the 30-second YouTube video reads, The ad first aired on TV during the NFL draft on Thursday before it was shared on YouTube, amassing 10 million views since its release. Comments on the video were notably deactivated by Bud Light. Uh-oh. The ad is reportedly part of Anheuser-Busch's major marketing push as the beer giant scrambles to recover from the chaos following the Mulvaney sponsorship, which prompted widespread boycotts and a leadership shakeup at the company. I just want to stress this again, how deeply offensive it is every time Anheuser-Busch does this. I become angrier and angrier at their brand. Because instead of just saying, we're sorry for sponsoring this person, they are just spending millions of dollars to try and trick you. They don't care what you think. They think you are stupid and that you will forget and march along like an NPC. Let's make a point. Let's make a point to Anheuser-Busch that we are not NPCs that we make active choices. And if you want to support the crackpot cult, do it. We won't drink your product. At my events, we will not serve Anheuser-Busch, 
period. Because every time they put out one of these dumb commercials, they are doubling down on saying outright to you, we think you're so dumb. We'll dangle the keys over here. Jingle, jingle, jingle. And you'll immediately forget about why you were mad in the first place and look at the keys and be like, ooh. So let's be thought leaders. Let's be trendsetters. And let's tell everybody not to drink Anheuser-Busch products. Now, look, not everybody knows that Michelob or whatever. I don't, I, I don't even know the full list of their brands. We've gone over it before. Not everybody knows what brands are owned by Anheuser-Busch. But at the very least, we say, fine, your Bud Light brand, gone. Ain't nobody buying it. But you know what? I'm sure a lot of people will still buy it. Fine. Good for them. Let's just make sure they recognize how much money they will lose if they choose to play this game. Maybe they don't care. So be it. But we take a stand anyway. They say the commercial is the second pro-America ad released by the beer brand in recent weeks. Critics derided the first ad, which featured one of the brand's famous Clydesdale horses traversing the country as a misguided attempt at quelling the backlash instead of offering a formal apology. The new ad strikes a similar tone as the brand tries to move past the controversial partnership with traditional American messaging and country-themed imagery. It makes me angrier. Every time they do it, it is them reigniting the same spitting-in-the-face moment over and over again. If they come out and apologize, I get it. But I don't think I care at this point. Now all they're doing is pissing on our faces. Every commercial is an attempt to trick us, to tell us that we are stupid people forever being mad in the first place because we're so dumb that we'll forget the moment they put out a horse-themed commercial. Oh, boy. The American-themed ads are likely the result of the shakeup at Bud Light's marketing team, who uh, I would like to add are too stupid to realize they need to apologize. And comes after Anheuser-Busch CEO Brendan Whitworth published a lengthy statement hoping to tamp down the animosity aimed at Bud Light and its parent company. Just, just end the brand. Just no more Bud Light. Rename it something like Dub Tile. And just be like, Bud Light's gone as a brand. We've gotten rid of it. We've slapped a new label on it. Let's try again. Call it Country Beer. Country Light. America Pro Beer. Call it that. How about that? End your dumb garbage brand. The controversy began when Mulvaney revealed he received packs of beer with his face printed on the cans. I love how Fox News doesn't care that Dylan Mulvaney is not transgender and still uses she, her pronouns. A second video then featured a bikini clad Mulvaney frolicking in a bathtub while drinking a Bud Light beer as part of the campaign. Backlash has been significant, starting with many wondering if the pact was some sort of April Fool's gag. It was April 1st they released this. Now, I say it before, I'll say it again. Dylan Mulvaney insults trans people, mocks trans people, and is not transgender. Dylan Mulvaney is an actor doing trans face to make trans people seem insane. I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I, I would not be surprised, if in like a month, Dylan Mulvaney comes out wearing like a suit being like, oh, hello, everyone. Actually, I was just insulting everybody. And it's like, oh, it's not really D Dylan Mulvaney was doing a character the whole time. Dylan Mulvaney goes on TikTok and creates the most insane caricature of what a woman or a trans person is like. And I just think it is intended to insult and mock trans people. How disgusting that people would defend this person who is literally just trying to smear and insult marginalized people. Well, if Bud Light wants to be party to that, so be it. Dylan said, I grew up in a conservative family. I'm extremely privileged because they love me. Yada, yada. No, they, I, I don't think they do. I think if Dylan, Mul Dylan Mulvaney's family 
truly cared, they'd say, stop. Stop doing this. It's gone too far. But there are many trans people who have even pointed out on, on YouTube that Dylan Mulvaney is not trans. Dylan Mulvaney does not show any signs of taking estrogen, has, has, has uh, told multiple stories about when he started taking estrogen, contradicting himself, and has exhibited behaviors that defy the general understanding of what trans people seek and do. Notably, when Dylan Mulvaney sang about having a bulge and pointed to it over and over again, because people with gender dysphoria don't do that. And if you're talking about AAP and AGP individuals, fetishists, they don't do that either. Dylan Mulvaney is just insulting these people. Whatever. Here we go. Bud Light in serious trouble of losing status as top selling beer in U.S. industry expert warns. Good. Good. Look, they had an opportunity to apologize. Instead, they just kept spitting on us, spitting on us, just saying you're dumb. They really tried to pass this off, insulting us. Bud Light is in serious trouble. Uh, over this, says a, uh, according to a report in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, saying Bud Light sales continue to plummet after transgender marketing controversy. We then see the sales are down. The Post-Dispatch noted the decline is only accelerating as Bud Light shed 21% of its sales the previous week and 11% the week before that. Bump Williams himself, the founder and CEO of the company that shares his name, Bump Williams, told the Post-Dispatch that Bud Light is still the top selling beer in America, but it's in serious trouble this year if Anheuser-Busch can't halt the decline soon. I think it runs the risk of losing that number one position at the end of the calendar year, 2023, to Modelo Especial. They own Modelo. I think they own half of it, so I'm not sure they care all that much. Anheuser-Busch, which has long been headquartered in St. Louis, where the Post-Dispatch has significant influence, has been mocked, criticized, and boycotted since the pact with Mulvaney was revealed. Here's what you can do. You go to a bar and you see the Bud Light neon sign, ask them to take it down. Say, don't, don't, don't put that stuff up. It's offensive. It's a deeply offensive thing. How about that? Mulvaney said cans were her most prized possession on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Anheuser-Busch provided the Post-Dispatch with the same statement it gave Fox News Dig Digital. It works with hundreds of influencers across our brands, blah, 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 blah. I wonder what people who read Fox say. It's embarrassing holding a Bud Light can as a straight male now. You get made fun of in the bar, ball game, basically anywhere the brand is visible. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I think that's probably true. No, seriously. 
Because that's what I've been hearing from people who say that they work at bars or they own bars. They're like, people come in and they seem embarrassed by, at Bud Light. They're like, oh, no, no, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all about that. That, that I, don't, I don't do that stuff. And they don't want, they want to fit in. That's why it's the easiest boycott in the world, because these people are not political. They just don't want to be perceived as being weak, effeminate, or gay. Look, man, say what you want about LGBTQ rights and the rights of individuals to be happy. Dudes want to be seen as strong and masculine. And I wonder if it has a lot to do with women in the bar or guys worried that a woman will see them and think they're weak and effeminate and then be like, eh, look, look at that guy. He's drinking Guinness. So guys aren't going to want to drink this beer because they don't want to be associated with what Dylan Mulvaney does. But there's this interesting story. It's an opinion piece in the New York Times. And uh, they made a really interesting point, despite the fact that they're heavily critical of, excuse me, conservatives, dads, ultra right beer calling it very expensive. I think it's great when conservatives launch alternate brands. The writer says this, these commercials no doubt served as a winking affirmation of what some Bud Light customers perceive as their anti-elitist worldview. But the ads do not represent InBev. It's stated or implied commitments in any detectable way. It's marketing all the way down. To use the language of computer programming, Bud Light is a skin, a user interface that overlays the underlying software and hardware of generic, large-scale corporate profit-seeking. The state of affairs is often obscured, perhaps, because it is not human-scaled. It's telling that when Kid Rock expressed his opposition to the Mulvaney spot, he denounced not InBev, but Anheuser-Busch. So you got to go after all of InBev, all of it. You got to say, I'm not drinking any of that stuff. But an interesting point was made. It's fascinating. Bud Light's perception as anti-elitist, that it was the country working class beer. That you go to a, you, a, you ride a horse who cares about 9-11. Or you're at a country a music festival and you're cracking open a beer in the rain with your friends. It was supposed to be the working class beer. Dill Mulvaney is the epitome of narrative corporate press elitism. Bud Light marketed in the exact opposite way they typically do. How amazing is that? Hmm. I want to show you something. I want to show you that's clip, this clip that's going around. Brian Krasenstein plays it. And um, it's Taylor Swift. Listen to this. These aren't your dad's celebrities and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Imagine if we came to you and said, hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next to us. The other thing, just from a security so you standpoint, think people, Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. I'm saying right now that this is something that I know is right, and you guys, I need to be on the right side of history. Taylor, and if he Taylor, doesn't win, then at least I, I, at least I tried. Taylor, here's the, here's the problem. I just want to read you what I wrote, and I'm going to try to start. I just really want you to know that this is important to me. I totally I want to play for you this again, because the interpretation is that she opposes Trump. Sounds like she's for Trump. Let me play it again for you. These aren't your dad's celebrities, and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Imagine if we came to you and said, hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next to us. The other thing, just from a security standpoint, Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't. So she's saying she wants to come out against Trump, right? Listen to this. I can't change that. I'm saying right now that this is something that I know is right. And you guys, 
I need to be on the right side of history. Yeah, and if he yeah. doesn't win, then at least I, I at least I tried. Yeah. If he doesn't win, at least I tried. Wait, what? Now that sounds like she's supporting the guy. I can't make heads or tails, to be completely honest, but it seems like they're warning her that if you come out against Trump, you'll lose half your audience. And she says, I don't care. It's easy not to care when you're Taylor Swift. As an individual, you're rich for the rest of your life. But it is a fascinating clip that's going around. Seth Dillon says, despite this, Republicans still listen to her music and buy tickets to her tour. It's much riskier for conservatives to speak out unless you're a liberal challenging a prevailing progressive narrative, then you might as well be a conservative. She has always had a very had every powerful institution in her corner, shielding and promoting her. Brian Krasenstein says, I can't tell you how much respect I have for young celebrities in their prime of their careers to speak out for what they believe in, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. These people like Brian Krasenstein, they don't support conservatives who come out and speak out against the stuff. They mock and deride them and call them fascist. That's why when we're trying to get talent for our new projects and shows, they're all saying they're getting death threats. But you know what? Maybe, you know, I, I think you'll, you'll probably see death threats in the other direction as well. People who are far right or super pro-Trump might send death threats as well, and they shouldn't. But uh, let's be real. How often do you see conservative individuals firebombing buildings and attacking government facilities? You don't. It's the left. So when Taylor Swift says she wants to be on the right side of history, what she's really saying is she's scared of the left. Here's the best part about all of this. The reason why the Bud Light boycott is so important. It's showing people what the right side of history actually is. And it ain't the woke cult. And maybe Taylor Swift might recognize this now. When she does events and, they, and, and they're talking to her production company for the arenas or whatever, and they're like, we're not selling a whole lot of Bud Light. Maybe we should replace it. When regular people start to see a 26% drop in sales, what does that mean? Regular leftist liberal type people, they're not, they're, they don't care. They're not buying this stuff. When Bud Light decided to sponsor Dylan Mulvaney, what happened? Regular people stopped drinking the beer. And the woke cult did not start. Get it? They don't have the authority, the capital, the means, the power. So when big brands decide to get woke and go broke, the left isn't going to buy your product. They're going to force you in line. The right will stop consuming your product and move on. But to varying degrees of reasonableness. You know, people still listen to Taylor Swift because they don't care all that much about her politics as an individual. Bud Light, however, is, is substantially more culturally relevant, appearing at every major sporting event. And Taylor Swift is very, she's very famous, but her fan base is what, a bunch of teenagers? So what do they care? She wants to come out against Trump because she's playing some game of the right side of history and marketability and not what actually makes sense. But for everybody else, when it comes to the products we consume, times there are changing castbrew.com. Our coffee is available right now. I got a big old bag of that Rise with Roberto Jr. just over here at a little coffee bar. I enjoyed a nice glass this morning of hot Rise with Roberto Jr. coffee. We're going to open our own businesses. We're going to challenge the orthodoxy. Ultra-right conservative, uh, conservative dad's ultra-right beer. It's expensive, I guess. Uh, and we ordered a whole bunch for the office, for, for our guests, for you know our bar downstairs, our green room. We're going to have that beer. We are going to have cast brew coffee. We are going to have Jeremy's chocolate. We are going to stop giving money to people who hate us. And Bud Light, they hate you. Anheuser-Busch hates you. They don't just not care about you. They literally hate you. They think you're so dumb 
They would rather spend money to put up a commercial convincing you their country beer than apologize because they're more invested in the ideology than the money. But they need your money. Stop buying that product and see what happens. There's nothing they're going to get from the left. These leftists aren't buying Bud Light. That's why sales are going down. If this truly was a, a two, two-factioned conflict, when, when people stopped buying Bud Light, leftists would have started buying it and you'd see no movement. Instead, a major double-digit collapse, 26%. Because they're not picking up those customers. We need to make sure every company feels that. That if you sponsor someone like Dylan Mulvaney who has nails on a chalkboard and is outright the banality of evil, you will lose money. And, it, and, and I wonder what your shareholders will have to say over you destroying an iconic brand. Because nothing that you're doing is working. It's only making us more and more pissed off. So go ahead. Play the game. We'll see who wins. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Oh, I love this story. It's exactly what you'd expect. White man calling himself a lesbian Indian forces alphabet activists to turn on their own talking points. You see, this man came out seemingly with full sincerity, claiming that now he identifies as a woman of color and a lesbian. And of course, leftists started attacking him. And with a straight face, he said, you cannot demand from me evidence. I am allowed to have this identity. It's brilliant, really. A white is from the Federalist. A white Indiana County councilman is remaining defiant against calls to step down after publishing a Facebook post that announced his identity as a lesbian Indian woman. Republican Delaware County Councilman Ryan Webb ignited local outrage at a public council meeting last week after he declared himself an American Indian woman with a Facebook post three weeks ago. It is with great relief that I announce to everyone that I identify as a woman and not just any woman, but as a woman of color as well. I guess this would make me gay, lesbian as well, since I'm attracted to women. <laughs> Residents lined up at the county's council hearing on Tuesday to demand he resign. I feel that he basically made a hate speech in this post, said one constituent named Mary Stiltz in the eastern Indiana city of Muncie. He has created some hate and discord and divide with the transgender population here. All right, let's play the video. Here you go. A person, Ryan Webb, announced publicly on social media that he now, now identifies as a lesbian woman of color. If he were serious, I'd sing his praises. But instead, I know better. In none of my jobs in the last 21 years, and that is many, many jobs, would I have been permitted to mock and disrespect my customers. And if that were true, we would all be proud of you. And no one would be denying your right to do such things and to identify by your heritage. But your open mockery of these communities is insane. In order to demand for the resignation of Ryan Webb. The posts Mr. Webb made on April 12th were offensive on many, on many levels. After hearing these complaints, Ryan Webb responded. I'm being dead serious. You don't get to question me. You do not get to require proof from me. You were part of the movement to help establish these rules and set the bar. Touche, Councilman. Touche. I want to play that first bit right there again. I'm going to play this. Announced publicly on social media that he now, now identifies as a lesbian woman of color. If he were serious, I'd sing his praises. But instead, I know better. How do you know better? How do you know better? You don't know better. And that's his point. He even says he's being dead serious. So back off, bigots. I, I, the joke was that Donald Trump should have done it. He should have come out and just been like, I am the first woman of color in this country. 
And uh, then people would have been, you know, the first uh, president. Sorry, I am the first woman of color president in this country. Not the first, obviously, but you get my point. The first president. Because then they'd all get mad and he'd be like, why are you mad? It's what you wanted. And you've won. This is really funny, though, because I think it's the right way to go about it. I was saying before that one of the risks here is that they'll just be like, OK, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks for actually agreeing with us. But as Ryan Webb has proven, in fact, they'll go the opposite and start arguing against the right of anyone to identify as however they want. So I strongly encourage more individuals like Ryan Webb to do so. Another resident named Charlie's Jameson, a man who claims to be a woman, took to the podium to accuse Webb of making an insult to women persons of color, and the LGBTQ community all in one statement. How do they not realize they're literally doing this? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That's what's really remarkable about, about, about all of it. This individual came up and said, you're insulting women. And it's like, bro, you're a male. You were insulting women too. How do you get to decide that someone who says they've identified a certain way is an insult, but you're not? That's what I talked about with the human rights lawyer. I've told you the story before in New York when I said, what's to stop a person from dressing up like in a fursuit for their job at Starbucks? And he said the judge would laugh you out of the room. You can't. You cannot mock someone's identity under these rules. So Ryan Webb wins. And he's not even going far enough. I say, Ryan, put on, a, put on, put on the full costume. Show up. See what they say. Put on a fursuit. His comments are disgraceful. They fall below our expectations of an elected official whose job it is to represent all of his constituents. You see, here's what's really happening. Many, many of these people are feigning being some kind of marginalized voice for power in this system. And oh, no, Ryan Webb starting to do it, too. You better cringe and complain. Webb doubled down on his gender identity at the end of the meeting. If you're sensitive, if you're triggered, maybe you should walk out because what I do is I give it straight and unfiltered. Gender identity is one person's personal sense of one's own gender. It doesn't have to be affirmed by anyone. You don't get to question how I personally identify. The local press picked up the controversy last week, and we ended up with this video. A councilman is coming out as a transgender, as transgender and a woman of color. Delaware County Councilman Ryan Webb announced that he now identifies as an Indian American woman. Since that announcement, he's received some support, but a lot of backlash, support. many calling him childish, despicable, even calling for things like execution. In a Jeez. statement Webb gave to ITV8, he says, quote, it is unfortunate that I cannot simply be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. It's possible I may change my mind down the road. The process of identity exploration is complex, and oftentimes at the end of our personal journey, we end right back where we started. Webb goes on to tell IT Mate this is just his true, authentic self. Good for you. Good for you. You see, I'll, uh, uh, I will say it outright. I can be consistent. I don't care if a person is trans. 
I mean, the transracial thing's kind of weird because like if you're not that race, I don't know how you identify as that race, right? Like someone who's 100% Finnish claiming that they're black, it's like you're not. But I guess when you, you, you bring up the argument of the out of Africa theory, it's like we all came from there, so it's all within us, fine, whatever. But uh, transgender, whatever, man, do your thing. Just don't hurt kids. Leave the kids out of it. There was one study I just saw people are sharing it where it says puberty is the cure for gender dysphoria in children. Letting them go through puberty, they, they, they desist. They stop uh, um, experiencing dysphoria. And so as an adult, you, sir, are entitled to identify as whatever you want. Just don't expect me to participate. And if that means a leftist wants to claim to be something and a conservative dude is making a point about it by identifying, I'll say whatever to both. You, you, look, and I, and I put it this way, too. I don't care for the most part. Like the pronoun, neo pronouns go too far. If there is somebody who is like looks like a woman, but they're male and they want to use she, her pronouns, I really don't care. If it's someone like Dylan Mulvaney who's mocking trans people and is clearly not trans, and that's been stated by different transgender YouTubers, then I'm going to say he, because he, you, you, you just, you're insulting someone and trying to mock them. But if someone comes out and says with full sincerity, they want to identify a certain way, I'm like, I don't care. And if they come to me and they say their name is Susan, bro, I'll call you whatever you want, okay? The neo pronouns cross the line, but you, you, whatever your name is, I'll say whatever your name is. If like some dude comes up to me and says that his name is like Dagger, I'll be like, okay, your name's probably not Dagger, but dude, I don't care. I'll call you Dag. Dagger, whatever. You can, and he's getting like a leather jacket and he slicks his hair back and he's like, that's my name. And I'm like, whatever you want, buddy, I don't care. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to associate with you. Although my own gender identity is my own personal business and not up for debate or qualification from anyone at all, the journey of discovery has allowed me to hold up a mirror to the intolerant left and their contradiction of ideology. Webb wrote in a statement Monday. As expected, they have completely attacked and dismantled their very own ideology with their own actions and words. There is no ideology. And this is what really frustrates me when I hear people say, like, actually, it's rooted in Marxism. And it's like, no, it's not. It is power thirst. They will reject the core tenets of this ideology if you embrace it, as we are seeing right now. The woke cult is just a zombified marching in lockstep with social orthodoxy. It is created by social media algorithms. Because as expected, they have completely intact, uh, uh, dismantled and attacked their own ideology. In an interview with the Federalist Monday afternoon, Webb pledged to set the example for everybody else to be whoever they want to be and dismissed calls to step down. I'm just glad that we've been able to draw some awareness to the situation and the fact that the liberal left have laid the groundwork that anybody can be anybody at any time that they wish. I would never resign, especially over something as trivial as my own gender identity. In fact, I would argue the people demanding he resign are transphobic because they're demanding he resign for a coming out. Mm, how dare they? While liberals mock Webb's announcement, transracialism has grown among those eager to capitalize on the victim hierarchy established by left-wing matrices of identity politics. Isn't it matrices? Yeah. In 2015, Rachel Dolezal, the leader of Spokane, Washington, NAACP chapter, was exposed as a white woman pretending to be black. She's white! How did they not know? <laughs> In 2020, George Washington University's Jessica Krug who presented herself as a Caribbean New Yorker while working as a respected black writer in African studies, was revealed to be a woman from a suburb of Kansas City. Earlier this year, a Muslim activist named Raquel Saraswati stepped down from her job as the lead equity, inclusion and culture officer at the America Friends Service Committee after she was caught faking her background. Saraswati was discovered to be European and a Muslim with roots in Arab Latin and South, uh, South Asian heritage. 
listen, you get it. We get what he's doing, and I'm all for it. You set the rules. You do not get to question this man. Let's see more. Trump should come out and say he's trans or whatever, and he's the first female president or something like that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. You know, I honestly can't say I'm surprised by this story. From the Daily Mail, Dwayne Wade and his wife, Gabrielle Union, received transphobic jeers about daughter Zaya as they leave Madison Square Garden with one individual yelling, you mutilated your son amid booze. You know, Daily Mail is very confusing to people. He doesn't have a female child. He has a male child. And you see what they're doing? They're dismantling language. So your perception of reality is shattered. If you go to the average person and say his daughter, they were booing over his daughter, people will assume a female child. But this is a male child who happens to be effeminate. And there's a big difference. That's why language matters. The retired NBA star is the father of 15-year-old transgender model Zaya. So this is actually surprising. Let's, uh, let's play this video. It's only 20 seconds long. You know, at first I heard the one guy yelling that and I'm like, so one guy showed up and he heckles Dwayne Wade, right? And then it's just like, no, the whole the whole group's booing. There's tons of booing over this guy. Say former NBA star Dwayne Wade was booed and had transphobic comments hurled at him as he left the Knicks game with the Miami Heat uh, uh, against the Miami Heat with his wife. The 41 year old who played for the Heat for 16 years was at Madison Square Garden Sunday to watch his former team route the hosts. However, the retired three time NBA champion winner the father of a 15-year-old transgender, transgender model faced homophobic jeers as he left the game. In a clip provided to the Daily Mail by Adam Glenn, who filmed the incident, Wayne can be seen following his wife to the car. Some of the sports fan gathered outside the arena and began to boo the former shooting guard while one shouting, you mutilated your son at Wade in reference to Zaya. Man, that's crazy. Wow. Zaya legally changed her name and gender in February after coming out as trans, aged 12 following a court battle between Wade and his ex-wife, Siobhan Funches Wade. A Los Angeles County judge signed off on the new identity for Dwayne's 15-year-old child and documents obtained by TMZ. The judge also granted her official gender change from male to female. The petition for the name and gender was filed last August. Last November, Zaya's mother contested the petition made by Wade, claiming the child was being pressured financially to make the decision. That's creepy. The accusation, of course, that they're saying you'll be famous. Think about all the opportunities you'll have if you do this, much like Jazz Jennings. You want to be on TV, don't you? Making a TV shot of it. It's very, very creepy. During an interview with journalist, host, and NBA reporter Rachel Nichols on her show headliners, Wade explained why he decided to leave the state he called home, Florida, despite being a celebrated figure, saying, you know, obviously the taxes are great. Having Wade County is great, but my family would not be accepted or feel comfortable there. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't live there. A lot of people don't know that. I have to make decisions for my family, not just personal individual decisions. That's right. Dwayne Wade claims that he fled Florida because of the LG, the, 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 the ban on sex changes for kids. Now, while we're hearing the story that Dwayne Wade was booed, I think it's important to understand regular people are saying enough. The Dylan Mulvaney scenario with, with Bud Light is a good example of this. They are saying, not kids, not kids, back off. So. Okay, Dwayne, you had to leave Florida. What about New York City, where you just got booed by a crowd of people over what's going on with your kid? 
See, it's not just about Florida. It's about regular people saying no to this. But the TV and the Internet say yes. But that does not represent what is popular. Now, in the previous segment, I talked about this guy in uh, Ryan Webb. I'm sorry, this lady, Ryan Webb, who identifies as a lesbian woman of color. Well, there's another story advancing this. And I bring this up here in this segment because it goes along with what's happening with Dwayne Wade, who wants to wants to say we didn't feel safe. Okay, well, what about this man in Indiana? Indiana councilman comes out as lesbian woman of color, faces death threats and doxing by outraged LGBT activists. So spare me your lies and manipulations to claim, as they do in the media, that the right is the threat. When in reality, you have reasonable governance in which doctors say, look, over in Europe, they're getting rid of this treatment. It does not work. We need to end it. And the law is passed. And then Dwayne Wade says, oh, I got to get out of here. Gets heckled in New York City because regular people agree this is bad stuff. But then this guy in Indiana decides to identify this way and the left threatens his life. So you tell me what's worse, the legislative process, democracy or violent mobs? The left, they go on Twitter and they try to make the argument that the right is violent and they're trying to end democracy. But we see this every single day. In fact, it is the far left that has been firebombing buildings and attacking people. And when it comes to what the right is willing to do, they're willing to vote and pass laws. And you know what? Not even really willing to do that. But the left, they're willing to firebomb buildings and force everybody in lockstep. And you know what? They deserve everything that they get. When you vote for this stuff, this is what you get. Let me show you this story. San Francisco Whole Foods made more than 560 emergency calls over 13 months after rampant drug use in restroom, people defecating on the floor, violence towards staff, and theft of all 250 shopping baskets. All of them. Oh, my. <laughs> well, that's just about two per day. It's almost two per day. 560. Really? Could you imagine almost every, let's just say every weekday, you're making two phone calls to the police saying, please help. And at what point do they look down and say no? Well, then you're on your own. You voted for it yourself. There's a story I was telling the other day. We were over at uh, MGM National Harbor and there's this older guy who told me he was a retired cop. And I asked him if it's uh, if he's ever recalled seeing it this bad. And he says, I wouldn't be a cop today if you paid me a million dollars. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I said, wow. Because they don't want to deal with this. Because the situation is simple. The far left votes for it. It falls apart. Everything gets worse. And then they demand you come and clean up the mess. But who's going to want to do it? Who's going to want to be involved in that? You see, it's people like Dwayne Wade. Here's what I see. I do not believe children truly understand what it is to be transgender. You know why? Because they've not been the other gender. 
See, I can understand something where you have like an adult, right? Maybe uh, late teens, you know, 18, 19, 20 or so, able to make decisions for themselves. Having experiences and saying this doesn't feel right, they're dysphoric. Now, I'm not convinced transition is the actual appropriate treatment. I don't know for sure. I know that in Europe, they're ending this treatment for children because it doesn't seem to be working. I think they did end it outright in Scandinavian countries in the UK. And so when I look at this, I say maybe the solution is not surgery. I don't know if that's going to help you. It's going to sterilize you. So maybe there's better ways to help. But more importantly, the issue is this. If there's a person who is an adult male and they think they don't feel right and they should be a woman, the first question I have is, how do you know how women feel? You don't. That's the question that Matt Walsh asked a trans woman. How do you know you're supposed to be a woman? And what the individual went on to describe was the experience of a trans person. They said they listened to a podcast where a woman said these things. A woman, a trans person said these things. And you identified your life experience and feelings with the trans person, not a woman. Of course, you make the argument that someone listened to a biological female speak their experience. And they said that feels more like, you know, how I feel. However, the issue still is. If you've not experienced life as a female and a male at, this, and at both, how would you have a reference for which one you're supposed to be? So there's that viral clip from The Good Doctor where there's a transgender uh, little boy who says to the autistic doctor, how did you know you were supposed to be a boy? And he says, your question doesn't make sense. I'm not supposed to be anything. I am a boy. That's it. You're not supposed to be anything. And so I have a question about transgender or whatever. Maybe the way you feel is just part of who and what you are. Why would you need to surgically alter yourself or chemically alter yourself to be something else? You are who you are. Now, everybody wants to look a little different. You know, some people wear different clothes. Some people uh, get their teeth fixed. Some people get nose jobs. And I think all of it is unnecessary. Just be you. You are you. You are unique. You are a special, unique snowflake. In that regard, you became what you were and there is no one else like you. Now, we all share common traits and all that stuff. But why are there people who so desperately want to physically alter themselves to be something different? I mean, sure, it'd be great to, you know, be Superman or something like that. When everybody want the power to fly around and you want to look a certain way, you do your best to look that way. You work out, you exercise and within the parameters of who you are, you make yourself the best version of yourself. But removing your healthy body parts and taking, you know, getting surgeries and medication, I don't think is actually making you your best self. So I question what's going on with Dwayne Wade and his male child and why this child feels this way. I certainly think it's possible that endocrine disruptors are playing a big role in gender dysphoria. But I have to wonder how someone could know that they're actually female if they've not ever been female and don't know what females feel like. Someone wants to dress a certain way, so be it. Why give someone chemicals that will sterilize them? Yeah, got me. Certainly, I have a bunch of theories, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. You may remember the story. A woman was in her car when far left extremists attacked her. She drove forward, shoving them out of the way, hitting a few, and she faced seven years in prison. I got good news for you. It's a white pill moment, my friend. She has won. Her penalty, five hours of community service. Okay. I wouldn't call it the cleanest victory or everything we'd want. She should have gotten no time. Should have been found, she should have been found completely innocent. <clears throat> Instead, 
sentenced to five hours of community service. I got to tell you, five hours of community service is the lightest slap on the wrist I have ever heard of. But they still convicted her. So it's not the cleanest, as I said, of victories. But she still won. Here's the story. The Daily Mail reports. A New York City mother of three who plowed her BMW into a group of BLM extremists in 2020 walked free from court on Monday, having been sentenced to just five hours of community service as part of a plea agreement with the Manhattan DA's office. Kathleen Casillo, 53, was facing the possibility of up to seven years in prison if convicted in the December 2020 incident that left six people injured. Under the deal, Casillo or Casillo <clears throat> pleaded guilty to reckless endangerment, a misdemeanor. She will have the charge reduced to a disorderly conduct violation if she fulfills her sentence and stays out of trouble for six months. What trouble did she get in? It's the craziest thing to me. What trouble did she get in? She was being attacked by far left extremists and she drove through them. In Provo, Utah, there was a, a woman, or it was a, I'm not sure if it was a man or a woman, who was shot in the arm. And we're supposed to sit back and let these extremists attack us? Well, I don't live in these cities. I don't vote for these people. So you get what you get. But apparently she still won. So they said the family of one of the victims was furious. You effed people's lives up. You're a criminal. One woman screamed in the corridors of Manhattan Supreme Court. You're a criminal and you have not taken accountability. They're going to come for this woman. It ain't over because they want they want power. That's it. They don't care about who's right or wrong. They want power over you. Casillo claimed she had inadvertently hit the gas pedal in panic because she said protesters were being aggressive. They didn't do anything, the woman responded. My husband's back was turned when you hit him and sent him flying into the air. His back was turned. How was that aggressive? Because you were all standing in the middle of the street with weapons. How's that for aggressive? You psychopath. They didn't do anything. But Casillo's defense lawyer said justice had been served. We are very gratified after an exhaustive and thorough review. The Manhattan DA's office has decided that Kathleen Casillo should not receive a criminal conviction, which we have maintained from the beginning of this case. Miss Castillo is a retired grandmother who looks forward to putting this horrible ordeal behind her and spending time with her family. Her thoughts and prayers go out to anybody injured. You can see there's uh, bikes lay on the ground after her car struck multiple BLM protesters on December 11th, 2020. I believe that was uh, several months after far left extremists shot a person in their car. And uh, I think any reasonable person is going to be terrified when these extremists, this cult approaches your car screaming their psychotic cult ideology in your face. And you have to be left wondering, are these people going to shoot me like they did that other person in Provo, Utah? It's a difficult position to be in. She got arrested. Apparently, she drove, stopped, told the police, and they arrested her. She apologized on camera as she left the courtroom, saying, I'm sorry for everyone. I really am. It was December 11th, 2020. When Casillo drove her car, black, her, her black sedan, directly into a BLM protest on 39th Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan. The incident was caught on video and saw several protesters being thrown into the air. Six people were hurt and left with non-life-threatening injuries. Casillo said that she feared for her safety and that of her 29-year-old daughter when she accidentally stepped in the gas. The Howard Beach Queen's mom has previously claimed that demonstrators had come up to her car and called her a white privilege bee before banging on her vehicle. She was charged with reckless assault, reckless endangerment, and released without bail, but turned down plea deals that would see her perform six days of community service and suspended her driver's license for one year. 
in exchange for a guilty plea. But on Monday, prosecutors working under DA Alvin Bragg said new terms were agreed because Casillo did not have a criminal record, flee the scene, and insists he did not intend to hurt protesters while also taking responsibility for the incident. We believe given all this, it is just to permit the defendant to try and earn a non-criminal disposition. Assistant District Attorney Andrew Mercer said in the court, if she fails in fulfilling the conditions of this plea, that is, if she does not complete the community service or gets rearrested in the next year, she will not be permitted to withdraw her plea. The misdemeanor conviction will stand and she will face possible jail, ch- jail time. So how much do you want to bet the far left tracks her down, engages with her in a way that forces her to defend herself, which is grounds for arrest. And then they try and say, oh, no, no, she got in trouble, started fighting with these people. If you live in this city, you deserve prison. And part of me thinks this woman should go to prison. Part of me thinks she should have gone for the full seven years because they vote for it every day. With their tax dollars, with their dollars, with where they live, with the work they do and the literal votes they cast. Now, of course, I don't really want this woman going to prison. But part of me says, if you live there, so be it. You reap what you sow. And people say to me all the time, you know, it's not fair because I can't afford to up and leave. And I will tell you this, as I've said it before, no one says I can't afford to leave my home when their home is on fire. They just run out the front door. They stand outside and it sucks. Miserable. But for people who choose to stay in the burning building and then have the fires burn them, I simply say, look, you knew the fire was there. You knew it was heading your direction. You stayed inside and said, but outside's cold. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Rather stay in the burning building. Okay, man, you do whatever you want to do. You stay in the city. I get it. It's not easy. No one ever said it would be easy. But don't be surprised if people don't give you sympathy when you get caught up in the chaos. And this woman and these people, all of the people of New York City, who want to claim to be reasonable people, they keep voting for this. So I will not, nay, I cannot provide any sympathy to individuals who would stand in the flames and then beg me for help when they knew it was there the whole time. Look, I, if, if I'm in a situation and I see someone in dire straits, I'll try to save them. If, if I see a person who is, you know, on the ground and can't get up, I'll call 911. I'll try and help them. But if I see a person who is choosing to walk towards danger, I will try to warn them, stay away. There's fire there. Don't go in that building. And they say, no, 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 no. I'm going to go in the building. I say, stop, stop. Don't go in the building. I try to grab them and they say no. And they get away from me. They walk in that burning building and then scream, help, help. It burns. I ain't going inside. I will not go inside and try and help you. I'm not going to do it. I'll be like, well, you know what, man? I tried to warn you. I told you over and over again. And you just said, I'm going home. But I am not going to risk my life when you actively chose this. Now, I have this this lady. I'm glad you're not going to prison. She has my support. I'm glad everything turned out. But she still pleaded guilty. She decided it was better to avoid going to a jury trial to make the statement that she was wrong to try and flee far left extremists. And you see how they phrased it? The reason why they're letting her go. They say that uh, prosecutors working 
insists she did not intend to hurt the protesters. Say, we believe given all this, it is just to permit the defendant to try and earn a non-criminal disposition. If she does not complete the community service or get rearrested, then she will be uh, she will not be permitted to withdraw her plea, blah, blah, blah. The point is they're basically saying because she dropped to her knees. I, I accidentally hit the gas. Oh, OK. She didn't want to hurt us. So we're going to let her go. Now you get the rules. In reality, if someone is threatening the life of you and your child, you have a right to self-defense. But what they're trying to set with this precedent is no, you don't. Not in these cities. So if you live in this place, give me another example. If you're walking towards a dark alley and I run up to you and I say, don't go in that alley. There's criminals and thieves who are routinely in this alley and they will attack you. And you say, out of my way, I'm going to do whatever I want. I got to get home and it's hard to walk around this block. It's too much of a, of a hassle. I can't. I got to go. And then I'll say, OK. They walk in that alley and they start screaming, help, help. I'm being beaten by far left extremists. I'm, I'm not going in there. You want me to now get caught up in the same mess you are? You walked into the quicksand, baby. I hope y'all get out of this place. And I hope y'all are lucky enough that if it happens to you, 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 get, you, you get out of it like this lady did. But don't be surprised if you don't. And don't be surprised if no one comes to help you. Because I got to tell you, I'm sure there are people now who might try and help you leave if you say, I'm getting out of here. But if you stay there and get caught up in the madness, they're just going to say, man, you had every opportunity to get out. And you just thought life was harder escaping than it would be staying. Sure, that's fine. The people who are saying that are making it simple. Leaving the city would be harder than staying. But you're saying that now. When they arrest you and the far left ransacks your home, life will certainly be harder. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.